0: At the Armageddon here with yet another Netflix original series in partnership with Nickelodeon, review that you didn't ask for. Avatar The Last Airbender, episode one. Katara, Sokka, Appa, Aang, Momo too, I guess. Eventually, Zuko also. I'll stop there. Long ago, Nickelodeon had one banger of a cartoon called Avatar The Last Airbender. They had many adventures, some small, some great. It ended in maybe one of the greatest finales that an animated show, let alone live-action TV or movies, had ever seen, and then, It vanished. But then came back as a live action movie that was overly serious as opposed to the lighthearted cartoon it came from. With actors, the director couldn't even be bothered to match their ethnicity in the cartoon and calling the main character Ong for some odd reason. Like why? And then it vanished. But then came back with a sequel series starring the next Avatar Korra, which was pretty good, but sometimes not and made a lot of the original fans mad. I liked it mostly, and then it vanished. But then came back as a Netflix original series that unfortunately is giving me a strong hint of the first movie's overly serious tone, which something just feels off. Sadly, it too will likely vanish. Here at least they get a whole hell of a lot closer to the correct original series ethnicity, so there's that and stand down person reading or listening to this who no doubt is grumbling because why is that a big deal when you people want to make James Bond or Superman black? It's because Avatar is one of the few franchises that features people of color in a world, literally the real world and a fictional one that has a cast of folks of color. So it's noteworthy that they kind of get it right here, but that's a whole other discussion for another time, but cry, I guess. So anyway, they mostly got that part right. Mostly, except for Katara and Sokka, which was kind of weird. There's a bunch of discussion about that that you can find already so I won't go into it much, but with the original characters being distinctly coded as more brown-skinned Inuit people, using lighter-skinned actors seems a deliberate choice, just as it was in the first movie. And looking a bit deeper, choosing Mohawk and Cherokee actors to portray them gives me a big whiff of a rubric. Well, that's close enough, vibes. I don't know the intention nor decision making as to why, so I won't go further in on that, but it is just one of the many curious things that makes you go, hmm. I think the main reason why this feels so off is because mostly the characterizations of the people we'd come to grow a love almost 20 years ago, dang we're old, doesn't feel correct as usual i have to state that i'm not the person to get grumpy if one interpretation of one medium doesn't align with another simply out of hand because that's not my doctor but here at least in the first episode it seems to miss the point katara is the closest to having the motivations of the original so i don't have much to say about her other than plot wise i would rather have had the reveal of her being a waterbender come in the climax of the episode as they play the climax for shock value when there should be no surprise. See, I don't care if it matches the original. I just want it to feel compelling with what we have. With Aang, the source of his on-the-surface lightheartedness and free spirit was that it was mostly a facade, a reaction to wanting to avoid this massive responsibility ahead of him, kind of like Spider-Man in a way. Here, this Aang feels more like the Harry Potter chosen one brand a bit hapless, and I'm just a baby, even if he ends up doing the same things he does in the original. And, well, it's just not as effective. Also, Cartoon Aang was kind of a punk, but that's why he's so great. He wasn't perfect, and I think the creators of this think our heroes need to be unblemished, which, sucka. Sokka is the biggest departure in this episode, and from what I'm gathering from articles I'm seeing and hearing about, he goes on to be almost completely unrecognizable motivation-wise from his cartoon counterpart. I feel like Sokka is almost one of the most important characters to get right, because he serves an important function in the dynamic of the three. The only one without powers, he is actually deeply insecure because of this, and compensates by being over heroic and cracking jokes. Kind of like me, I think, except for the heroic part. But as the comic relief character, we get an interesting look at the depths of what makes him tick and how he ends up growing. He is perhaps the most imperfect. Therefore, we get to see him be blemished and learn how to be a better young man. But here, the way he's presented and introduced, as a matter of fact, the way they all are presented and introduced, doesn't seem like there will be much room for internal growth. They all seem to be who they are already, and that's where they will remain. The external journey is there, but the internal one, I just don't see it. Sokka is a big bad protector and hunter now. Fine, but what is there to explore from the depths of his internal character now? He reads as just another, as you expect, and are being delivered, action dude. It's okay to give different looks and interpretations of characters. I've seen tons of takes on Batman or Wolverine and Iron Man that explore a character more in depth from where they began. But here it isn't going deeper, it's missing the point. And in a way, this live action take, which seems so serious and made for an older audience, is almost reductive in how they present to us versus the cartoon that was actually made for children. I actually love it when a remake nails it. I will sing the praises of Lost in Space to the end of time. Even if the same writers are responsible for Madam Web, hey, they can't all be winners, even Shakespeare had some misses. But if you're going to remake something, you have to set out to do it better, not just different. I'm looking at you, Colin Farrell's Total Recall, but also shout out to Zack Snyder and James Gunn's Dawn of the Dead, see? Here, kind of like in my last review for Madam Webb after the first episode, it feels a little like, that's not McDonald's. And it doesn't bode well for the direction of the rest of the season since everything flows out from here with what has been established. And what has been established is competent of a sort, but not amazing. The ultimate irony here is that while the cartoon that aired on Nickelodeon was intended for an audience of children, it ended up being a compelling watch for adults as well because it didn't pander, and the dilemma of the story felt epic and universal. I personally discovered the show while babysitting my niece once, and at first was dismissive, but then was like, what is happening to Bossing Sing Se? I noticed how it didn't talk down to kids. It seemed to make them reach for concepts, and strangely, as a result, it felt accessible to an audience of all ages. And while this Netflix version is live action and presented as a bit over-serious, quite like the movie version in 2010, it seems more suited to the undemanding whatever of what perhaps an exec thinks children like. And as a result, I don't think anyway, It won't feel quite as accessible to the very same audience, and if it does, not in the same obsessive way. I think there's a bit of a case study here in that it feels like how DC approached making its movies versus how Marvel did. DC, it seemed, wanted to pretend that the roots of its world didn't come from the absurd oddity of costume heroes with tights and capes. It always felt like they were ashamed of that, while Marvel seemed to embrace it. Here, too, Avatar The Last Airbender is simply not fun. It wants to be epic, but it forgets that even Lord of the Rings was funny at times. And also, the original Avatar series managed to be funny, but also serious when it needed to be, going back and forth. And this back and forth often hinged on Aang's need to run away from the seriousness of the future he knew awaited him. See, that part matters. And yep, it's actually that deep. Again, this is only my impression of the first episode, and I'm sure someone out there who has more time than I do and has watched the entire season can give a better impression. But when I think about another animated to live action series by Netflix, Cowboy Bebop, that show did, in my opinion, figure out the right vibe to hit eventually. Unfortunately, by the time it found that, it was too late as few stuck around to see it happen. So, yep, it's complicated, but it just feels off. I'm rarely ever the person to harp on CGI, but in this case, it did feel like a miss. And I think, again, because the tone was trying to be so realistic and epic, that the fantasy elements felt out of place. Which, if you know this world, then that's wild. None of this is bad. I just can't get with it. I'll watch slowly, very slowly, but I'm definitely not chomping at the bit to see what comes next. Instead, I'd much rather go watch however many hours of the original show to get the thrills I'm supposed to have here. Who knows how Netflix decides to renew or continue shows, but I do think it will continue come hell or high water, even if it underwhelms, which could be good or could be bad. But officially, I don't care either way. And that makes me sad. I give Avatar The Last Airbender two blue forehead arrows out of five. Until the next review you didn't ask for, at the Armageddon, signing off.